All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It is a January 18th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Tyler Remchuk and Mike McKenna with you. And I mean, hey, when it was lights out in bedtime last night, Mike, we didn't really think there'd be too much to talk about today. And then bang, news hits us hard this morning. It was a busy couple hours around the NHL. Yeah, man. Like it just feel, feels like things never sleep. Sometimes you're just, let's be honest, man. Sometimes we're digging to do this show. It's like, what are we going to talk about today? And then bang, bang, bang. We got news. We're bringing it to you, man. We got plenty to talk about. We do. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the board and start with the first big piece of breaking news from today. The Montreal Canadiens have their guy. They have hired a new general manager and it is 51 year old Kent Hughes, the former player agent is uh, jumping to the dark side, maybe, I suppose you could say, and joining a front office. He was a player agent with Cortex Management. He grew up in Montreal, even though he's a Massachusetts product. And I mean, this guy's bilingual. We know that's the big check mark for the Canadians organization. You can see the list of his notable clients. And this guy goes back all the way. He represented Vinny LeCavalier back in the day. Mike, uh, what do you think? Of, what do you think of this decision here from the Canadians going with a former player agent for their GM role? Well, we've seen this across the league recently. I mean, Bill Zito gets the job with the Florida Panthers, a former agent. Yarmo Kekalainen in Columbus, a former agent. Ray Shiro, who's been a GM with several teams, a former agent. This isn't really uncharted territory. What I think is unique about it, though, is that within the Montreal landscape of management, you've got Jeff Gordon, who didn't play at the NHL level, and now Ken Hughes, who didn't either. So that's going to be something to navigate, I think, uh, within that organization. You used to have Bergevin 
and Mellonby, you know, ex-players, and that's gone now. So I think there's going to be uh, a new dynamic there. Neither good nor bad, just different. But I do think that bringing in a former agent gives you some power in terms of leverage and negotiations. They understand how to sit across from the table, how to manage people, how to manage other agents, everything that goes along with it. Um, also, something to think about here is... Uh, Ken Hughes' son in 2018 was drafted by the New York Rangers, who Jeff Gordon used to head up at the time. So uh, there is some familiarity, even dating back to Boston. Uh, I like that synergy that that when you're thinking about Gordon and Hughes, they've known each other for a while. It should be pretty seamless. Uh, but I am a little bit surprised that someone like a Matthew Darsh wasn't uh, ultimately chosen for this role. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it from sort of a PR perspective, even who are the names the Habs kind of passed on here? We heard the Roberto Luongo's name mm -hmm. in the mix. We heard Danny Briere's name in the mix. You mentioned Darsh as well. To me, this shows that the Canadians made this decision based on the hockey mind. They weren't sitting there and going, okay, who would be a nice face to have at our press conference? Who's going to get our fan base excited the day we announce it? Because Ken Hughes really isn't that guy. If you were going for, you know, sort of the, the, the wow factor of the hire you're making, you would have gone with a Luongo or a Briere or a Darsh. Yeah. To me, th this almost makes it feel like they're going, all right, we're, we're not worrying about that. We're worrying about the guy who can rebuild our hockey team the best. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they wanted to make sure that they got the person who is best suited for it because, hey, Tyler, they got some work ahead, man. Like the Habs are in last place in the league right now. They've got some nice pieces, but they're going to have to overhaul that roster, I think, this summer uh, in a pretty dramatic way if they want to be competitive next season. Yeah, and I mean, this hiring also nicely covers up the fact that they lost to the Arizona Coyotes yesterday in the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it the Shane Wright Bowl necessarily, but you're right. I mean, the Habs are dead last now in the NHL, and they're going to have a lot of work to do in the offseason, but also coming up here, five pending UFAs and a pending RFA in uh, Arturi Lekkanen as well, who will probably draw some trade interest. But when I look at this list, Mike, like Lekkanen could probably get you something at the deadline. Sherratt will definitely get you a nice haul at the deadline. Names like Paquette and Kulak maybe get you a lower pick. Perot and Weidman, I'm not even convinced really of that. Um, but like there's, there's not a lot there. If you're looking to kickstart the rebuild, I think the Habs would have to dig deeper than just dealing off pending free agents. They might have to look at moving a guy like Jake Allen or maybe even a bigger piece than that, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right about this, Tyler. You know, when you look at these pending, uh, pending UFA, RFA, I just look at the UFAs especially. Yes, Sherratt is going to get them. So they have to move Ben Sherratt. That, that's the most valuable piece that they have, at least on the back end. But that's also going to create a hole on defense for a team that really needs help in that position, especially with, you know, Shea Weber's future completely in question. We don't know whether he'll ever play again. They need defense. And so you start to think about this, not just from a draft pick standpoint, but can the Canadians make a hockey trade to make that team better? You know, I mean, would they be willing to move out Jonathan Drouin at 5.5 with one year left? Can they find a taker? Would Carey Price be on the table? You know, it, it, there's four years left there, I believe, on Price. It's a huge cap hit. That's somebody who could easily get you defense in return if you move him out. Uh, I think you're right about Jake Allen. He's definitely on the block. It's a team-friendly deal at 2.875 with a year left, a little bit of certainty. Uh, he could definitely provide depth or even starting minutes to teams in the future. So there's a lot going on with Montreal that I'm not sure I see that clear path. I think some of those... Uh, UFAs, especially Sherratt, you're looking to get draft picks out of it, but they need help real time too, because this is a team, I think, Tyler, that actually has pieces, you know, into Foley Anderson that are, are good veterans, but man, you expect Suzuki to take that step and you really don't want to see that 7.8 cap hit that he has be wasted in the future by not having him surrounded by good players. They got to maximize that.
Yeah. And that's sort of the tightrope that both Gordon and Hughes are going to have to walk here. And it's like, listen, I'm here in Edmonton. I watched the organization tear it down to the screws and it's really hard to come back from that. You need to keep at least some layer, I think, of kind of good veterans or guys in their late 20s who can grow with the young players and the young draft picks you're going to bring in. So, I mean, a name like Brendan Gallagher, we've heard that there maybe isn't a lot of interest from his side in playing through a rebuild. So, I, I mean, guy, Gordon and Hughes, they're going to have to maybe even do a bit of a sell job in terms of some of the players in that organization to convince them that, hey, this isn't going to be a five-year rebuild. This is going to be something we're going to do the right way, but also maybe try to expedite the process a little bit. Uh, moving on to another piece of news we got today, the NHL is changing up the way they do their COVID protocols. And it was our very own Frank Saravalli who broke the news earlier this morning. The NHL will no longer test asymptomatic players and staff following the All-Star break, provided COVID-19 rates continue to decline around the league. Testing will only be for cross-border travel as required or, or and if symptoms arise. He added that in, as far as All-Star weekend goes, uh, players and the testing protocol for there as well. They'll be tested once prior to travel, but will not be tested in Vegas unless they develop symptoms or require a test to get back home to Canada. Um, a really interesting move here from the NHL loosening up their testing protocols, Mike, and the timing of this is interesting as well. Especially considering that the all-star players are headed to the big Petri dish of the world in Vegas. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> there's, we're not going to test them unless they're, they're feeling symptoms. I mean, that's to me seems like a, a kind of a, a calculated move. And I think the big picture of that in the future as well is that we're looking at a pretty clear runway here, Tyler, in terms of we've got players who have had COVID. Those players don't have to test for 90 days. And now you're looking at only testing symptomatic players. You know, this is going to really whittle down the number that aren't available to play games come March and April and hopefully by playoffs. So I don't think there's coincidence with this timing, uh, especially giving it a little bit of runway leading into All-Star, which is just a couple of weeks away at this point. But by the time you get out of there in February, I think there is that big hope that COVID numbers will start to decline by that point. As fast as Omicron seems to be moving through everybody, I, I think that's a realistic possibility here, Tyler. Yeah, it very well could be. And the, there's a couple of sides to this. One, I think there maybe is a bit of a timing factor in terms of the NHL plans to release a new schedule right away and sort of have, I think I read on Twitter, up to up to 90, 95% of the games are going to be rescheduled potentially today or tomorrow. So I think that might tie into it here because they want to make sure they can get 82 games in for every team. The other side of this, as someone up in Canada, is is this going to create any sort of competitive imbalance between the Canadian teams who need to cross the border more and the teams down south because I, I think some Canadian teams might sit there and raise their hands and go, so our players have to test more. And, you know, if I'm Toronto, I'm saying, so there's a greater chance of Austin Matthews going into COVID protocol than there is of Alex Ovechkin at some point this season. There's mm -hmm. still a few question marks for me here, but the NHL clearly has their sights set on 82 games as we knew all along they would. And this is a big step forward in that. Yeah. And let's be clear. This is what the players want, whether they're in Canada or the United States, the players want to play. And the asymptomatic cases have been such a large percentage of those who have tested positive, And there's been such frustration on the player front. This is what they want. And I think the player, if you ask any of the players on the Canadian teams, they'd all say, yep, I'll take that risk. Let's go play. Yeah. And, and the only concern here as well, and this was a conversation that came up when the NFL made this change is Players got to be honest as well, because if you're a player and you got a big game and you wake up with a scratchy throat and that's at least would maybe be the concern for me. If you wake up feeling symptoms, 
some of these guys, I mean, are you going to be honest? Are you going to go, you know what? It's massive two points tonight, but I'm feeling maybe 80% and I'm not going to play. And, and that's something as well. That kind of was the first thought to enter my brain. Uh, going on to the ice, the big story yesterday. How about Timo Meyer finding the back of the net five times? He's the eighth player this year to have a five-point game, but the first player with five goals in a game since Mika Zabinijad back on March 5th of 2020. Just the fifth player since the year 2000. To score five goals in a game, a list that includes Marion Gabrick, Patrick Laine, and the mule, Johan Franzen. And uh, if you had Timo Meyer in your fantasy hockey league, holy smokes, uh, five goals, two power play goals, six shots, and a plus three rating as well. What a night from Timo Meyer, and what a season he's having as well, Mike. Yeah, and you know what's funny about the fantasy side of things is that my team, I've got Tomas Hurdle, who had four assists last night. I'm thinking, great. I look across the board. The other club's got Timo Meyer. So I didn't get anything out of it last night. But I mean, this is for, for Timo Meyer, man, it's 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 been something of an inconsistent career so far. I mean, he's an early draft pick, ninth overall in 2015, and mm-hmm. he's only 25 years old, but he's on a pretty decent sized contract, four years at six million. He's got one year left on it, but he's on a career pace. Right. He's got 45 points in 35 games. Like him and him and Hurdle are tied for seventh in the league in goals with 20. You wonder what Myers' next contract's going to look like because you'd think that the Sharks are going to want to lock him up. This is somebody who's a core piece. Uh, to me, when he's physically engaged, he's a menace. Like he's a heavier player than people realize sometimes. Uh, but you look for that consistency. You know, some years have been down. Uh, 31 points in a shorter time frame. The high watermark is 66 and 78. And this year, he should be a point of game. So uh, I, I think the big question for me, Tyler, is can Meyer keep it up? Can he continue to be consistent, stay healthy? And really, what could that next contract look like for him? Yeah, I mean, this year, you look at it, right? He's on pace for over 40 goals. And even if production dips a little, let's say he gets 35 this year, I really think the big thing for Meyer will be doing it again next season, right? I mean, if you go back-to-back 35-goal seasons and you're heading into sort of the later part of your 20s, you're primed for a big, big ticket at this point. The other side of it is we've heard Meyer's name in trade talk a little bit. We've heard Mm -hmm. Hurdle's name and a lot of trade talk considering he's a pending free agent. Are the Sharks going to pony up and and keep both these guys here? Because I look at it and I go, man, they're your two leading scorers. They're both still under 30. Why wouldn't you want to build around these guys, right? Yeah, especially how San Jose sitting in the in the standings now. Like they're still in contention for playoffs this year. And I think that's another team that if GM Doug Wilson looks at it objectively, thinks we don't need to strip this to the core. I mean, Hurdle would get a great return. I just don't know if it's mm-hmm. worth it, you know, especially if they keep playing well. And, and those two are pretty dynamic together, Hurdle and Meyer. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on that Sharks team, one of the many teams in the Western Conference. And in California specifically, you could almost say here, you're going, okay, you're in the playoff hunt, but going into the year, maybe you weren't expecting to. That'll be a fascinating team to watch as we head closer to the trade deadline. And uh, we're going to move on to our big segment of the day. Mike's got some under the radar players. So let's dig into that. Call it kind of a monthly segment here where Mike gives some loves to players who maybe aren't getting enough love around the league. And to kick things off, we're taking a look at a blue liner who wears a big B on his chest. Matt Grizzlick out in Boston, Mike. We all need some love, Tyler. And I think uh, Grizzlick was probably a little bit overdue for it. And uh, he's been buoyed recently by a five point game that he had uh, on January 10th against the Washington Capitals had a goal and four assists, but he's been way better since about the beginning of December. And you look at his last seven games, he's got eight points. Uh, 
I think a lot of it for Matt Grizzlick is that he just really cleaned up the defensive side of his game early in the year. I mean, he didn't have a point in the first 10 games. He was dashed three several times and it just wasn't going right for him. And, you know, by the beginning of December, things started to go better. You know, he got a couple points and he, he, he's got 14 and 33 now, but now he's starting to get some power play minutes again. He's looking more comfortable uh, dishing the puck from the top and, you know, it, just being able to have some confidence, I think, comes from playing good defensive hockey. When you have the puck on your stick, when you're able to get it there quicker, you can get things going forward. And I think it was just really important for the Bruins because this is a team that needed to get scoring. They needed more from their D. And when they split up the top two lines, they moved, uh, moved Pasternak down to play with Hall. That was step one, but they also just needed more from within from the blue line. They're starting to get it now from Grizzly. It wasn't there at the start of the year, and he's just behind Charlie McAvoy as one of the top uh, defensive scorers for the Boston Bruins. Number two on your list is a guy who really bounced around quite a bit early in his NHL career. But Anthony Duclair has found a home in Florida and he continues to thrive down in the Sunshine State. Yeah. And what about Duclair? I like is that he's been so consistent this year. You know, this isn't a case of like Grizz, like somebody who's turned it around and they're coming on strong. Duclair hasn't gone more than two games this year without having a point. And as plus minus, I mean, plus 28. This is a guy who John Tortorella almost flat out said, I don't think this guy can think the game at the NHL level. I don't know if he can play it. Well, he has found a home. You look how many teams he's played with in his NHL career. I mean, he's got a Baker's dozen, it feels like. It's way less than that. I'm being facetious. But he's only 25 years old. And he's got 30 points in 30 games. This is a career pace for him. And I call him under the radar because he's fifth in scoring on that Florida Panther team. You know, they're deep. They have very good players. But you need these depth uh, signings to come in and perform for you. And that's Duclair. You know, teams didn't trust him young in his, when he was younger in his career. He goes to Ottawa. He has to rebuild. He becomes his own agent, which was a really bold move. But I tell you what, it's helped out the Panthers because you get Anthony Duclair, 16 goals, 30 points in 30 games. He's got two more years at just $3 million as a cap hit. Tyler, that's a steal for the Panthers. Duclair has been really good this year. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny. We talk about a guy like Timo Meyer, right? And we go, oh, so much upside there. And, and we talk about what his future could be. And then when with Duclair, and maybe it is the fact he's played for, I think, six teams already in his career, but you almost sit there and he's in your head as like a journeyman player. But it's mm -hmm. it's very realistic that this is Anthony Duclair of the next five, six years. Like his best hockey could even still be in front of him at just 26 years old. Yeah, it could be. And especially the way Florida play, plays, you know, this was a really yeah. up-tempo, fast team that he fits right in and on that lineup. You can put him with Barkov or Hubido. He can skate with anybody. That's one of those intangibles that will always get you places in the NHL. To wrap things up, we are going between the pipes and a backup goalie who's continuing to put up some really, really strong numbers as the season goes on, Mike. It'll be interesting to see if Capo Caco is no longer the backup goalie by the end of the season, the way things are trending. He's been excellent in his last several games. You look at the last four, he's 3-0-1. Yes, he lost to the Colorado Avalanche last night, but he stopped 38 of 41 shots. And that's kind of been a theme for Capo Caco. He tends to play better when he faces a lot of rubber. And I look really at his last seven, eight games dating back to the beginning of December. He's been fantastic. You know, he has not had a game below a 920 something save percentage in that time frame. And I just wonder, is Kako finding his way, Kakanen finding his way in the NHL finally? Last year was his first year. He's coming out of being the American Hockey League goalie of the year two seasons ago. He has pedigree. 
but you'd see him at times. He's, he's playing very wide and out of his crease. And you're thinking, man, I don't know. NHL players might be able to feast on this. And, and they did it a bit. They figured him out. He couldn't win games at the end of last season. That's flipped now. Again, he's 5-1-1 one, and one, and camped in his last seven. And Cam Talbot has been struggling lately. Talbot hasn't won since December 9th. So there is opportunity here as you see him with the stats that Talbot's numbers are starting to regress while Capo Kakinen's are going the other direction. You wonder for a team that needs some wins, the Central is a tough division. Can Kakinen be the goalie for the Minnesota Wild? He's making his best case right now and he's young. They could ride him for a long time in the future. Fantastic insight as always. That's going to do it for another edition of Under the Radar. One of the big games on the ice last night around the league had the Penguins taking on the Golden Knights, and it was Pittsburgh with a stunning comeback victory. Five unanswered in their win over the Golden Knights. This is a Penguins team that is starting to get healthy. I mean, heck, Mike, they were winning when they weren't healthy, and now that they're getting back to a full roster, this feels like a team that could keep rolling. Now, as Penguins fans asking what their ceiling could be this year, Mike, what's your take on that? Is this a team who could win a playoff round? Is this a team that could win the division? That's a team that can win the Stanley Cup if they get the goaltending they've gotten so far this season. And that's always the big what if. When so many players were out of the lineup for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Tristan Jari was carrying the mail. Advanced stats, regular stats, they all point to how well he was playing. And, you know, last night's game was kind of a microcosm of that in terms of the goaltending, the confidence that Pittsburgh's feeling the amount of players that are now back in the lineup for Pittsburgh that can drive that team forward. You know, they, they didn't look good in the first period last night, but they were also on the back end of a wrong road trip. They've gone through California. Vegas was sitting on them. They had plenty of time to, to be ready in the first period. Well, by the time Pittsburgh found their legs, they rolled. And this has been a lot of their game. There's a belief in that locker room. Anytime you've got three players, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, they've played 16 years together in the NHL, won three Stanley Cups. They know what they're doing. Okay. It matters that they're there. Brian Rust is back. I had a piece out on him last week at Daily Faceoff about how strong he has been all season long in a contract year, a pending UFA. It'll be an interesting decision for him, but they've got depth players that are tearing it up. Evan Rodriguez out of nowhere, a fantastic season. So uh, I just think that Pittsburgh is really deep. I think a lot of it depends on Jari because DeSmith has not been good this year. Uh, if they can continue to get that goaltending and continue to ride people, even like utility man, Jeff Carter, who, uh, you know, this time last year, there were people who didn't like that trade. He had a year left. Well, 22 points in 32 games and a pile of experience. I'll take that any day. I like Pittsburgh. I wonder, Tyler, do you think that they can climb to the top of the Metro? They're only three points away from the top team in the Rangers right now. Yeah, I mean, the X factor there is the Carolina Hurricanes, right, who lead right now in points percentage, and they're a point up on Pittsburgh with a handful of games in hand as well. I think a realistic target for the Penguins in, in the regular season would be to catch the Rangers and get home ice advantage in round one of the playoffs, which is really what all the teams in the East are playing for right now with the eight playoff teams seemingly having spots wrapped up. The only reason I think there's a little bit of hope for them to potentially catch the Carolina Hurricanes, they play the Canes three times, from now until the end of the year, they play the Rangers three times from now until the end of the year. A ton yeah. of head-to-head -head matchups that are going to go a long way in deciding the Metropolitan Division. Pittsburgh 13-3 and three since December 1 and seemingly only getting healthier and better. Mm -hmm. They're going this way. 
I am going that way in terms of my betting. And that is our tie into our daily bet segment, courtesy of points bet. I cannot buy a win. Literally, we are bleeding units right now and I need a big bounce back. So let's jump into it. It's a busy night in the NHL. Here are the lines courtesy of our friends at points bet. And I'm starting with that matchup up at the top where the Dallas stars are massive, massive favorites against the Montreal Canadians coming in at minus 341 on the money line. Obviously there's no value there, but this is a Montreal team that just lost yesterday to Arizona. They're on the road where they haven't been great. And they're rolling into Dallas where the stars have been tremendous on home ice going 14, three and one this season. I like the stars to not only win, but cover that puck line at minus a goal and a half. Hopefully the Habs continue to slump and hopefully they continue to slump and help me get out of mine a little bit. My player prop today, I'm going to LA where the Tampa Bay Lightning are rolling into town and I like Victor Hedman to pick up an assist. You can see down there paying minus 115. He's had at least one assist in seven of his last 10 and five assists in his last five games. LA, they were on a pretty good run of keeping pucks out of their net, but they played last night and gave up six to the San Jose Sharks, largely in part to Timo Meyer. But I think Tampa Bay will be able to find the back of the net tonight. And I like the chances of Hedman getting involved with an apple. So it's Dallas on the puck line and Victor Hedman to pick up an assist. And Mike, just before we get to garbage time, a quick follow up on a story. Uh, Scott Burnside wrote it uh, yesterday. It was MLK Day. He wrote about the Carnegie Initiative. Gary Bettman, mm-hmm. while speaking at that uh, conference in Boston, $100,000 is what the NHL is going to be contributing over the next two years to making hockey equitable for all. So I wanted to follow up with that. And if you haven't read Scott's story over at Daily Faceoff, go give that a read. It's absolutely fantastic stuff from Mr. Burnside. And now we wrap up the show with a little garbage time. What do you got, Mike? Well, you know, I, I'd say I'm a card carrying guy for the goalie union. There's no oh, surprise yeah. in that. Yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. But uh, listen, I, I think Jordan Greenway's hit last night on Darcy Kemper, not good. And I'm going to explain this from, from Greenway's side of the fence here, I think. is He's going to the net. He's got nobody on him. He sees Kemper there. And he probably thinks, okay, I might make a little contact and rattle his cage here. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm hoping here. I'm hoping that this wasn't a blatant headshot. But I think this kind of mentality of, hey, I can just bump the goalie, whatever. It's not going to be anything big leads to these bigger problems because now Darcy Kemper's in concussion protocol. It's a direct hit to the head and it was premeditated. You can see Greenway look at him and and that's worrisome because goalies in this position are so vulnerable. We're down on our knees. Our head is at hip and shoulder level, elbow level. And that's where we really have a tendency to get injured because our helmets aren't made to, to take a hit. We're, we're going to be moving in the other direction. Kemper's trying to recover and go to the other side of the net when Greenway hits him. And I think the onus is just on players to realize, like, you just can't touch goalies there. Like, that's a bad place. And even though I'm sure Greenway thought, okay, this might be a little minimal contact, or maybe I'm just pushing him back in his crease. Ended up being a pretty bad scenario. And he ended up eating a couple punches because of it too. So I just like to see these types of plays not exist. I know that they won't. And I understand that players have to do their job going to the net hard. But we got a goal you had to leave a game because of a concussion, not because of stopping pucks, because of somebody skating directly through his crease. And the what first popped into my head here is we see, you know, there's a decent amount of incidental contact, right, with goaltenders and <laughs> That can get called sometimes two minutes for goalie interference. I wonder if maybe there's any room at all for a double minor for goalie interference in a situation like this, yeah. where it's like that was blatant and that was intentional. Maybe you double it up and you say, Hey, that's four minutes for in- intentionally making contact with a goaltender or something like that. Well, yeah. Or just straight up five for a hit to the head. Cause that's what it was. 
Uh, and, and that's where, yeah. like, like, man, when people watch these things, they think, oh, he just bumped him. Like, no, when a goalie's on his knees and their head is not protected in any way, you're looking somewhere else. Like, it doesn't look as vicious as it does an open night hit, but it's still a hit to head. It's mm-hmm. still somebody in concussion protocol. So I, I appreciate what you're saying. Like, I, I actually think that this yeah. could have just been called within the rule book. I'm going to give the, ben- the referees the benefit of the doubt here and thinking that they just, they only saw a glancing look at it because these occur a lot of times when the puck is in a different place. So benefit of the doubt to the referees, but I think the right call in the scenario would have been a five and uh, a five minute with the the intent to injure and tossed out of the game. Yeah. Wow. Take a breath. Cause there was a lot we got through there over the last sort of 25, 26 minutes here on the daily face off show, but it was fantastic stuff as always, Mike. Plenty of news around the NHL. We'll be covering it all over at dailyfaceoff.com. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Have a good one, hockey fans. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.